Hi, everybody, and welcome to um, another Kings of Anglia podcast, another Ipswich Town favourite 11. My name's Mike Bacon, and, and well, I continue to bring this um, this very, well, very popular feature. I didn't realise it was going to be so popular. I mean, it's, it's people actually stopping me, stop me in the high street even and saying we love your uh, podcast podcast favorite 11 mike and i have to explain it's not all me of course it's all my fantastic guests but they they do and then they start saying what did he put that player in for what and I, I can't answer all these questions for you but it's just great fun that you're all involved and thank you very much and i'm glad you're enjoying it and uh well we've got a guy with us today who's well known to Ipswich town fans we all know we you some days don't all know his face you certainly know his voice but i think you start to know his face a bit more now because he's popping up on these podcasts. He's, uh, of course, a man who's done the PA Ipswich for many, many years. And uh, he's on Greatest Hits Radio now, um, uh, that successful radio station which has featured here over the last couple of years, which is new to the to the scene. But he's done, well, he's been a radio man for years. He's, he's, a, he's a man, a big Ipswich Town fan. That's the beauty of him. That's why we have him on here. It's Rob Chandler. Rob, you're looking fantastic. Great there. How are you? Yeah, I've scrubbed up just for you this morning, Mike. And it's nice to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. Well, it's an absolute pleasure, Rob, because we, we like to have people who know their Ipswich Town and, and you know your Ipswich Town. You've seen you've seen oh, yeah. plenty of Ipswich Town teams over the years. So go on there, Rob. Give us a little feedback of where it all started from and, and, and where you are now with it all. Well, I've been crazing my parents to let me go to Pullman Road for, for years. And I think just after we won the World Cup, finally they caved in. And me and a friend from down the road, we were allowed to go with an older boy. I think he was one or two years above us in school. And he was our chaperone. So we took our little boxes, you know, crates as you did. And we were in the North Stand, right up against the wall, standing on our boxes. (laughs) And um, yeah, I suppose you're talking about the 66-67 season, Mike, when I started going. Um, So obviously I can remember the promotion to the first division, 68. I can remember Bobby Robson coming. I can remember those Robson out chants, you know, in the difficult early days. And then, of course, well, what can we say? I mean, We've spoken about it a million times and we we still live it now. Those of us who were there, you know, the glory years of the 70s mm. and early 80s under Bobby. I mean, what memories, what a great, well, I say a great team. Of course, it evolved through those years, but uh, we were always challenging, weren't we, for the mm. for the title? You know, we were, we were enjoying cup runs and what have you. It was just a great time to be alive. I remember when... Town had um, an anniversary for the uh, winning the FA Cup. I can't remember. Would it have been about 30, the 30th anniversary, something like that? And I was doing a show for Radio Suffolk at the time, a Saturday show. So I was involved with the whole thing on Cornhill. I remember, I think it was Bobby Robson in an interview. Somebody had called out to him along the, the open bus stop route. Bobby, thank you. You've made my life. and Bobby was kind of taken slightly aback but it it was true it did make our lives if if Ipswich was in your blood as it was yours and mine growing up I mean Saturday to Saturday was just an absolute joy wasn't it supporting that team and all the success the European nights it did make your life I mean I'll just throw in a little Brucey bonus obviously you and I both Speedway fans as well and there was a time when the Ipswich Witches and Ipswich Town, oh. you know, ruled yeah. their yeah. Um, 
their leagues, didn't they? You know, the yeah. football team challenging for titles, the speedway team were winning cups, you know, so Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, yes. <laughs> Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, whatever. I mean, what a time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. The mid-70s was something special. If you weren't at Fox on a Thursday, you were at, Tack at Portman Road on a Saturday and there was cup semi-finals and cup yeah. this and, and top league matches yeah. and table-topping clashes and all over the place. And uh, yeah. yeah, fantastic yeah. time. And of course, you see, a lot of people talk to us about the old times and stuff. And we chat about this, but this is why we have Ipswich Town today. This is why we, we still yeah. get 20,000 plus brilliant exactly. town fans there today. Yeah, absolutely. And why clubs, um, players rather, know about our history and want to come and play in front of big crowds, enthusiastic fans, you know, soak up that that history. You know, it, it happened before, well before they were born, possibly even before their parents were born. Yeah. But people know it, Switch Town, throughout the world. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's absolutely it's absolutely correct. I mean, I was speaking to Joe Piggott at the start of last season when I did it, you know, current town player, and he was talking about Tyson and Muir and how his father had talked to him about them because he remembered, even though he wasn't an Ipswich fan, he was a Spurs fan. Um, yeah. But he said, gosh, you go back to those Ipswich town boys. There's some great players there, the BTs. And, the, and so there's Joe, you know, a current town player, and he's got it in his mind about the yeah. history. So, but let's hope these new boys create some history, Rob. That's what we want, isn't it? It feels like we're on the right path, doesn't it? I enjoyed last season. I know finishing 11th ultimately was, you know, an underachieving and a bit of a disappointment. But I enjoyed some of those great days, the great crowds, you know, and obviously I was just a fan again, and I love that. Um, so, yes, even from last season, you know, some great home uh, wins, some great away victories, you know, Wickham, yeah. Portsmouth, yeah. Gillingham. Yeah, bring it on. Can't wait for the uh, new season to start because I think under McKenna with a whole season, you know, we're going to enjoy some good times. Well, I just took, I mean, I took quite quite a good heart from Nottingham Forest going up in, back into the Premier League this year. Because as you know, Rob, us and Forest back in those yeah. early 80s, wow, what matches we had against Brian Clough's team. They were super, we were super. And they've been in the doldrums a bit. And, and it's taken them 20 plus years to get back into where they ought to be. So I sort of yeah. watched them go up. I, I don't got really any affinity to Nottingham Forest, but I just thought, you know what? There's a club with real history. They're back where they belong. That's yeah. where Ipswich Town, that's what we can do. Yeah, exactly. Well, can you imagine? Well, you don't have to imagine. You were there, same as me, seeing Bobby Robson and Brian Clark walking out with their respective yeah. teams. I mean, that's great. <laughs> and we, we had some fantastic games against them, both home and away, didn't we? We did. League Absolutely. and Cup. Absolutely. Right. Let's get right, Rob. Well, there we go. That's a lovely little chat. Let's the intro. Let's chat. Let's get into Rob Chandler's favourite. And remember, listen, folks, before I, I reiterate this, it's his favourite 11. It's not necessarily his best 11. This man, this man has seen every best Ipswich Town player you want to know. Please don't don't poll, don't chuck emails his way with what are you talking about, Rob? Where is he and where is he? <laughs> no. Favourite 11. Exactly. I've got the message loud and clear. Mike. No worries. <laughs> I mean, right, I've, written, I've written Paul Cooper down only because, you know, I can remember the great penalty saves, you know, the chewing gum being thrown into the goal mouth as, as the teams came out. But I'm also going to give a nod to David Best because he was, he was our keeper when I first started watching us. Always seemed to wear a peak cap. And, and what was it about Ipswich Town and our goalkeepers? We never had tall goalkeepers. David Best wasn't particularly tall, was he? Paul Cooper no. wasn't. Um, let's, let's 
include Laurie Civil in that as well. I mean, Suffolk through and through, you know, wonderful Suffolk accent. How on earth did Laurie Civil end up as a goalkeeper? I do not know, but he was great for us. I do remember one awful night where I think he missed a cross. Opposition scored from it. And every subsequent cross or ball that he caught, the crowd, some of them, you know, did this ironic cheering. And I think Bobby Robson was furious with the crowd yeah. afterwards because I think Laurie was back in the dressing room in tears. You know, and he was such a gentle, easygoing guy who did wonders for Ipswich Town. So, you know, if I may be allowed to cheat a little and, and mention Laurie Civil, David Best and Paul Cooper, who were all great for us in their own different ways and through different eras, you know, of, of the club. So who's your favourite, Rob? You can't, have, you can't have three goalkeepers, Rob. I mean, this is, this is a... Well, you, you can't... We, well, you've got to choose one. I mean, we have a little, we have a graphic, Rob. You'll mess everything up. We have a little graphic with a goalkeeper in that Ross yeah, does. I get it. I get it. You're right. okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to stick Laurie on the bench because you said I was allowed yes, a couple of subs. absolutely. Right. Well, you've got to have a sub-keeper, so let's stick Laurie on the bench. Uh, you know, I don't want to be cliche, pick Paul Cooper as, if, you know, most people have, but it's hard to get away from the guy, isn't it? The, at one yes, time, yes. the only player in the side who wasn't an international. I mean, you know, that's quite a boast, isn't it? Go on then. I'll stick David Best in. Go on. I'll, I'll overrule myself at the last second. David wow. Best. Because you, you see, folks this, is, the, folks, this is what it's all about. This is it. It's hard decisions <laughs> that need to be made. Rob has overruled himself at the last second there. He's thinking, this is brilliant. This is what it's all about. David uh, Best is his goalkeeper. But you, you are right, Rob. Yeah, right. We've had some good goalkeepers. Until we had Craig Forrest, we didn't think any goalkeepers were over five foot nine, did we, Rob? Well, exactly right, Mike. I couldn't have put it better <laughs> myself. Absolutely spot on. Thomas Holy, what was that all about? Good oh. grief. Yeah. <laughs> we, never, we, we, we never understood anything like that sort of sized goalkeeper no. back in the 70s and 80s. No, we didn't. And of course, you know, as we later found out, Bobby Robson tried to sign Peter Shilton. Yeah. I think he was close to coming to us, wasn't he, before going yeah, to Arsenal. Probably regret, uh, regretted that at Wembley in 78, but there we are. Right, David Best, because he was the first keeper I saw for time. David Best in goal then for Rob yeah. Chandler's favourite. Yeah. So we've got defence, Rob. Are you going to have four in defence? Mm. Are you going to bat a back four there? Or are you going well, to go very continental with the best? What have I done here? What have I done? Do you know what? Looking at my list here, I think mm. I've got a back two. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a very attacking formation, Rob. I've got a, yeah. Let, let's go all out attack. You know, we, we, we could discuss wing backs if we want, but they didn't exist back then, did they? Yeah. You know, you, I mean, I've gone to Alan Hunter, yeah. who was such a character, not only a great defender, but what a character he was as well. You know, mm. a, a sly Siggy <laughs> in the groundsman's hut. And every single match at Portman Road, he I think he had two goals, if you pardon the pun. One was to stop the opposition scoring and the other was to boot the ball on the top of any given stand that, you know, was appropriate at the time. Mostly the cobbled stand, I seem to recall, but it could equally go over um, the other one, the West stand. I don't think it was the Pioneer back at, at that point, was it? I can't remember that. Maybe, no. maybe not. But yeah, Alan Hunter, great character. Um, crowd loved him, six foot two, eyes of blue, Alan Hunter's after you. And if someone had the audacity to try and rough up Alan Hunter, then 
You know, his partner in crime, Kevin Beatty, would go and sort him out. I, I seem to remember a similar partnership, uh, obviously, Terry Butcher and Russell Osman. Boy, did they look out for each other. I mean, that's what you want, a central defensive partnership who are almost like brothers. And bacon and eggs, as Bobby yeah. called Alan Hunter and Kevin Beatty, certainly were. So that moves nicely on to Kevin Beatty. I can't leave him out, Mike. No, can't no. leave him out. I no. mean, what a lovely guy. And luckily for me, I got to know him quite well because I mentioned that Radio Suffolk Saturday show that I did for a couple of years. And the beat would join me on the show. It was that 12 till 2 Saturday lunchtime show. And the beat was my co-presenter. And um, I did used to wonder what, what he had in his coffee cup a lot of mornings but um you know some great banter some great chat great memories and usually i'd be giving him a lift home after the show dropping him off in john on the chantry estate but what a lovely guy i mean absolutely brilliant never changed did he never changed no, so, I mean, the, the beat, anyone, I mean, people, I've heard a lot about the beat as a player, especially those who didn't see him, keep on about, you know, what a great, you know, we hear, we hear him. But he was a, such a down-to-earth lad when he, he was yeah, just down-to-earth yeah. guy. Time yeah. for anybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and of course he was, he did the, um, you know, the co-commentary stuff on Radio Suffolk mm. quite often on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. And I can remember driving away from the games and, you know, people would be calling in and his catchphrase was, without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who called in and if somebody then put an opposing view oh without a doubt he agreed with them as well so <laughs> just a lovely guy brilliant guy brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. oh yeah yeah and, and hunter lovely. and bt were, were very special there's no you know we, we talk about favorite 11s and stuff but it, they they weren't just best they were favorites as well weren't yeah. they Rob? That's favorite the thing. Players. Yeah. yeah and do you know what we've recaptured that uh last season once again we've got players that we've fallen in love with yeah we we chant their names again and you you know you know that kids are going to be playing in their back garden pretending to be wes burns yeah you know and yeah yeah sam morsey and, and all the rest of them you know lee evans george edmondson mm. Wolfenden. you know we've got heroes again we've got mm. great players that we can you know we we fall back in love with them all over again. I think there was a period where that wasn't necessarily the case. One or two, you know, Daryl Murphy, I think, mm. you know, had that fantastic season and, and won us over. But, um, yeah, so there we are. Just, I mean, I've just done 11 favourite players, Mike. So, so, so you want look, Rob, Ross has to do the graphic. He'll have to sort this out himself and get okay. a formation. And if it has to be two five, whatever you want, two five twelve, you have two five twelve. You're you're the guest. It's your <laughs> your team. You carry well, on. Can. Ross can. So let's move on. Um, I'm going to put Franz Tyson in because yeah. he was my favourite player during that era. Because I loved a player who could go past, uh, you know, the opposition players. A dribbler. Good old-fashioned dribbler. And that knack he had of hooking the ball on the outside of his right foot, doing a pirouette, leaving the, the opposition player chasing him, and then he was away. He would set up goals. He would score goals. I mean, I would just stand in absolute awe with my mouth open, just grinning, watching him. He was that good, wasn't he? Well, he was, Rob. And also, I think because people had a thought about Dutch players being very skillful and, mm. and tidy. And, and he was, of course, but he was also quite aggressive, wasn't he? He, he had yeah. a tackle in him. He had a yes, tackle. he did. 
yeah, yeah, he would he would do that more than Arnold Muren would. Yeah. And I mean, Arnold Muren came and wowed us. Yeah. And then when Bobby said, you know, any other players like you, he said, oh yes, I won't do the accent. Um, yes, there's <laughs> there's this guy called Franz Tyson who's even better than me, and we were like, what? No, come on, Arnold, you're being quite modest there. Um, but he was, he he was. I I you know Arnold Muir and absolutely fantastic. But Franz Tyson, watching him on the pitch, you know the control he had over the ball, just fantastic. So Franz is in there. I'm going to go back to the 70s here, Mike. I'm going to mm. put Brian Hamilton in. Oh. I love a goal-scoring midfielder. Mm-hmm. And Brian was brilliant, skillful, again, a joy to watch, similar in a way to Franz Tyson. You know, he wasn't what I would call a, you know, a box-to-box, get-stuck-in kind of player, you know, maybe like Brian Talbot was. Uh, Brian Hamilton had a bit more skill mm. and could pop up with some vital goals um and another guy i got to know quite well because living up here in norfolk brian's family uh i think his daughter lived up this way in fact just around the corner from where i used to live brian now lives up here anyway but uh, quite often i would give brian a lift down to the ground and back afterwards or brian would drive you know so we would chat about the old days and certain games and of course and Mr. Clive Thomas would come up in conversation. No at, which, no, at which point we'd both have to wind our windows down, and you know. Um, but yeah, but that's a, for younger, for actually, Rob, ser- in seriousness, for younger fans, it's not the first time Clive Thomas has been mentioned. Tell, tell, tell the story of what Clive, Clive Thomas and the FA Cup semi-final. I mean, just yeah, seventy-five yeah. Cup final um, against West Ham. I went to the Villa Park game. It was a fairly dull, nil-nil draw. And uh, no extra time in those days. So the replay was scheduled, I think, the following Tuesday night, Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. And um, I think either college or work or something got in the way. So I didn't get to that game. But we scored two, I think, wasn't it, Mike? Two perfectly legitimate goals. The linesman was happy with them. For some reason, Clive Thomas, from the edge of the penalty area, decided that he could see town players in offside positions mm. and he, he ruled them out not the linesman clive thomas ruled them both out absolute scandal it was just ludicrous decisions i've seen them back years later both perfectly good goals that was our year we should have been at wembley yep. we'd have played fulham who yep. were what second division side were they Mike? yeah they were, they were they were division below west west ham obviously beat us and got through the final yeah, yeah. Fulham were a league below yeah yeah and I think West Ham won it 2 0. Alan yep. Taylor, both goals. And we yep. would have won the cup that year. Yep. You know, my whole journey, that fantastic match. Well, I went to both the replays at Filbert Street when we played Leeds. Oh, did you? 0 0 yep. on the Tuesday, I think. And then we went back on the Thursday and yeah. we won that one 3 2 with yeah. a wonder goal by somebody who's coming up in the team, my team, in a little while. You'll know who I'm talking about, of course, if you were there. But yeah, Clive Thomas, scandalous. And then, of course, you couldn't make this up. When we reached the semi-final again in 78, who did they appoint as referee of the match? Clive <laughs> Thomas. And, you know, town fans were threatening petitions and Bobby Robson, uh, well, I, I can't recall his view on it, but certainly town fans weren't happy. Clive Thomas, after what he did to us last time, <laughs> anyway, we, you know, fortunately, 
we beat West Brom that day and yeah, yeah. Uh, revenge was didn't, apart. He didn't, so. he didn't, no, he couldn't do anything about that that night, did he? So, no. so, so you've got Brian Hamilton in there, which is great. Yeah, good Irish international. Um, oh, I love Brian as a player. Yeah, he would pop up with so many important goals. Yeah. So, yeah, Brian gets in there. And then I'll move on to Clive Woods. Clive Woods. Um, yeah. I mean, another of my favourite players, Clive, was brilliant. On the left wing, a dribbler. You know, he would drop a shoulder, throw a dummy, and the defender would be, which way did he go? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Clive had a lovely cross on him. He'd chip mm. in with the odd goal, but just a joy to watch on the wing. I can remember one game, I think we were playing West Brom, uh, Portman Road, and Clive had already roasted this fullback a couple of times. And again, Clive was on the ball, and this defender actually turned around to his central defender and said, it was like this, yeah. what do I do? What do I do? And again, Clive was past him. And somebody else I, in later years I got to know. In fact, I even got to play with Clive Woods in the same team. I set up a radio station team for Radio Broadland, and uh, Clive played for us because obviously, you know, he's a Norfolk boy. Yeah. And for me, you know, running out and looking at Clive Woods, I'm playing on the same <laughs> team as Clive Woods, one of my heroes, the man of the match in the Wembley final yeah. of 78. Yeah. So, again, a lovely down to earth guy. Um, you know, that seemed to be the way back then, Mike, didn't it? You know, mm. players were down to earth. They weren't superstars happily mixing with the fans. And again, I think we've got that back now with the current crop of players. But Clive, back in the day, was just fantastic. A lovely, mm. lovely guy. And as you say, he had that. He he was he was your classic winger. I mean, he really yeah. was. If yeah. you thought, if you could think of how wing wing plays are, you know, he's different to Wes Burns. Burns is a bit of a burner, charge yeah. part, and has a pace. Woods didn't yeah. have that sort of pace. But he used to just he'd twist and turn and cut, go left, go right, go left, go right, and then suddenly whip across him. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah it was great. I mean, I do like yeah. Wes Burns. To be fair, I like watching Burns. But he, and he's very different to to Woods. But and it's just great to have that width. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Actually, like Woods. Great choice. Clive Woods. Clive Woods. Thank you. Yeah, actually, thinking back, probably how far back are we going? I don't know. Um, 20, 20 odd years ago. Darren Curry, I suppose, was yeah. actually, no, he was he was more recent than that, I think. But yeah, he was in that kind of mold, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't. But, yeah, well, Curry, Curry had very little pace, but but again, was was. Yeah, he had this. It, it was just standing on the ball, sort of going backwards and forwards about what to do with it, and that sort of mesmerised fullbacks. They didn't really know. They knew he wasn't going to kick up past them that often. He was going to try and twist past them, and yeah, he was a great signing, was Darren Curry. But was, yeah. uh, Clive Woods, it is who makes the team. Um, I'm going to put Paul Mariner in there, Mike. Again, you know, so many great memories. I can remember his home debut against West Brom, the seven nil. As yeah. if it was yesterday. It's funny how West Brom keeps cropping up just recently, yes. isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, we. I was. I was in the North Stand. You know, the North Stand choir, and we were singing Paul's name. I can remember some of the songs now, which sound ludicrous. You know, we'll take more care of you, Mariner, and we'll walk a hundred miles to one eighty goals or a thousand miles, whatever the song yeah. was. And of course, he went on this lovely little, so amazy run, right foot. Top corner, north stand end, right in front of us. I mean, we went absolutely bonkers, Mike. Came over to us, blowing kisses. Yeah. And all the other goals, I mean, him and Trevor Weimark. Hello. Mm. Remember that, Mike? Good, um, 
you know, fantastic up front together. But Paul's mm. got to be in there. Plus, I once did a disco for him. I've, <laughs> well. I've, probably told, I've probably told this story a million times now. Everyone's going to be, oh, no, not the disco for Paul when Susan George turned up. Have you, tell have it again. Tell, tell, us, tell it again, Rob. Please. Well, working at Radio Orwell, Pete Barraclough, who was the sports yep. guy at the time, uh, Rob, you do a disco, don't you? I said, yeah, me and two mates. He said, do you fancy doing one for Paul Mariner? We were like, well, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it was the day that we beat Man United 6-0. Beautiful. Paul had scored a hat trick. What a day. You know, we'd missed all those penalties. So we're there and we're watching us thrash Man United 6-0. And that night we drive out in our van, our Bedford van, <laughs> to a little village somewhere on the Suffolk Essex border. I can't remember where it was. To the village hall. And there's a Porsche parked outside. And inside is Paul standing on tabletops, hanging up balloons and bunting. And we say, hello, Paul, we're your disco. Oh, all right, lads. Yeah. <laughs> said, we just need your Porsche to be moved so we can get the van up to the doors. So he threw us the keys. You move it. I didn't get to drive it, unfortunately. One of my mates did. So we moved Paul's Porsche, brought in the gear, did the disco. All the players were there. Everyone was having a good time. Pete Barraclough comes over and says, all right, lads, doing a good job. It's going well. He said, yeah, yeah, really pleased. Ah, you know, all our heroes are here. And he said, what do you think of the actress Susan George? And we said, oh, yeah, yeah, lovely, Susan George. He said, well, you can play her a song. She's about to walk in. We were like, yeah, of course she is. Susan George is going to turn up at this village hall in the middle of nowhere. Lo and behold, she did. So, you know, town fan, maybe, got to know some of the players, maybe, but... At the end of the night, Paul's dad came over. Well done, lads. Great night. Have you been paid? We said, yeah, we've been paid. Here you go. He, he bunged us an extra tenner, which, you know, back then was a fair tip. Yeah. So, I mean, I went to bed that night thinking of the disco and all the players, the 6-0, you know, the extra money we got. <laughs> what a day. What a perfect, I mean, you see, this is why we do favourite 11s. We get little stories come off as well. I hope you're enjoying listening to Rob Chandler here on this on, on this King's Vanguard podcast. It's great to What a story that is. I mean, That's Paul Browner, story, Susan George, Man United, Neil Ipswich Town <laughs> 6, all in one day. I, I mean, know, I know. You know, you yeah. thought, we, we thought beating Portsmouth 4-0 away last week, last season was great, but imagine having a Saturday like that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Great, great story, Rob. That's, you, yeah. that's timeless, timeless story. Isn't it just... Yeah, and if I had a time machine, that would be one day I'd definitely go back to and, and live again, I tell you. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? <laughs> Amazing. Right. Um, let's pop Marcus Stewart in there. Yes. You know what? I can remember, you know, like a lot of town fans, if, if I didn't go to many away games back then, but I would watch soccer special, you know, with Jeff Stelling. And the number of times I used to see Marcus Stewart's name pop up, Scoring for Bristol Rovers and then Huddersfield. I thought, God, you know, this guy is some player. I didn't even know what he looked like, but he always seemed to be scoring. And then when I heard we were going in for him, I thought, wow, fantastic. What a signing this is going to be. What was it, two and a half million, something like yep. that? I mean, yep. what a bargain. What a player. I mean, just, you know, again, no, no great height, but he'd score a few headed goals. The one at Wembley, playoff final. I mean, you watch his movement for that goal. That put us 3-1 up, of course. You watch the way he's being marked and he ducks behind the defender, goes in front, back again, then in front, defenders all over the place, free header. Thank you very much. 
in the net. I mean, I'm so pleased he scored at Wembley. And when I saw the documentary about that that season and Marcus getting choked up at the end, I mean, oh, it gets me every time. What a guy, what a player, and so skillful. That goal he scored for Town at Anfield, yeah. you know, when we beat Liverpool 1-0, around Christmas time, I think, wasn't it? I mean, what a goal. But so many like that. The two at Bolton, playoff final, playoff semi-final, beg your pardon, first leg, I was there behind the goal, of course, you know, that he scored those. No, he got the first one down the other end, didn't he? The yeah. equaliser was up our end. Yeah. I mean, what a goal. He seemed to take forever to score it, but yeah, that so was He took about five defenders on, didn't he? On the, and the goalie, all on the line, just, yeah. just dancing yeah. around them to decide where he's going to put it. <laughs> well, he, he rounded the keeper, Jaskalainen, and I was thinking... And now put it in. And then he put his foot on the ball. Like, what, what are you doing? Defenders came back. No problem. It just that way, far corner. What a moment. What a moment from depths of despair, from 2-0 down, thinking here we go again, another playoff flop. Um, we were back in it. And, of course, I mean, you know, the home game. <laughs> what hasn't been said about that one? 5-3. And again, played his part in that, of course. I think Marcus Stewart, the thing of Marcus, so again, I'm such a down-to-earth lad. And, and I think, you know, I was, I was editor in the green at the time and he was he did our columnist for, for, for a season. I got lucky because at the start of each season, I could choose a columnist. And at the start of that season, we got in the Premier League. He'd had a good finish to, the, obviously, Wembley. And I said, can I have Marcus Stewart? And the club said, we'll ask him, you know. And he's just, <laughs> and he used to come in the office and just sit next to me and chat away and, and yeah. just answer it. It was just great. And, of course, by this time, he's talking about getting an England call-up. And yeah. he didn't get it, but he should have done. And should have you know, done. Should yeah. have done. Top English scorer in the Premier League. And again, you know, that, that first season when we finished fifth in the Premier League, so many goals, so many, you know, great memories. But yeah, sad how it all fell apart. But mm. uh, yeah, he's, he's... Yeah, great memories, as you say. Great memories. Yeah. And what a, what a Mariner and Stuart up front. Well, I think you've got that's about six packages, but that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's more to come. Don't worry Carry about that. Carry on. Okay, well, look, I'm going back to my early days and following football and my favourite player when I was a kid, Danny Hegan. Danny oh, Hegan. Oh, now, you're going to have to explain a bit about him some after. There won't be many people know Danny Hegan, uh, Rob. But... Bridge, Scotland. I think I was so such a fan of his for a while I pretended that I was Scot Scottish and supported <laughs> Scotland for a while. But, yeah, another great player, you know, winger, skillful scored goals would go past players and i got to meet him there's a there's a bit of a theme running here isn't there uh my dad had taken me to stanford bridge i think probably around 69 70 i have to have to look it up mike we drew chelsea away in the cup and my dad took us down on the train i think we lost three nil we sat in the in the stand watching lost three nil Got back to Liverpool Street to get the train home, and my dad headed to the bar. And inside the bar was the entire town team. Bobby Robson, the directors, you know, no plush coaches back no, then. No. They'd gone down on, on the train and were yeah. getting the same train back as us. So my dad struck up a conversation with somebody from the club, maybe one of the directors. And because there's little old me, you know, down here, sort of pat on the head. Who's your favourite player, son? I said, oh, squeaky voice, Danny Hegan. So he said, do you want to meet him? I said, oh, yes, please. So he brings Danny Hegan over. And he was great with me. He was fantastic. And um, I think there was talk of 
of him getting a transfer and I, this really upset me so I, I actually pleaded with him I said Danny you won't go will you please stay and he said no no son no I'll, I'll stay son anyway it must have been something about me he said are you going to be at the next home game and I said yeah I'll be there he said well come and see me at the players entrance before the game and I'll give you some photos of the match yeah. today's match oh Mike this again time machine this time I've, I've put it right because for some reason I ended up in the churchman stand on my own and it's hard to believe now I know with the you know doing the PA and radio and all the rest of it but I was so shy back then I was on my own and I I, I was trying to push my way over because I didn't know how do you get to the players entrance yeah yeah how do you, yeah. Get there? you know I mean it's ironic I spent all those years standing there <laughs> mic in hand years later and I would often glance up at churchman's and think God, what would what would ten year old Rob think looking down at you now? You know, and I was and I was trying to wave and catch his eye. I can see him standing oh, there now. Yeah, brown envelope, pictures inside, and I I didn't know what to do. I suppose I should have just I don't know climbed over the wall and just ran up to him, <laughs> asked the policeman who probably wouldn't have believed me. But he stood there for a while. I was desperately trying to get his attention and after a while he must have thought oh well he's not going to show up he's not here and he went back in and i was ah. you didn't get no, them i didn't get them oh that's didn't get well th that was such a that was such a lovely story it's such a sad finish rob i, I know, mean it's, i know i know and, 10 year old rob Chandler standing there what oh you, yes i mean must have what earth to do yeah oh i know i it, didn't i just didn't know how to get there what to no. do you know i mean i could have gone you know, looking back now, I could have gone to reception or something. But I didn't know how, Mike. I just knew how to hand my little coins over at the turnstile and <laughs> push my way through and wave my little scarf. Oh, no. And, of course, but, you know. Of course, of course, then there was no seats. So, I mean, everyone was standing and trying to push, yeah. like, trying to get through a huge crowd. Because you had exactly. big crowds, yeah. Exactly. Never, 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 well, look, Danny Hegan, great name um, and yeah. great story, Rob. Great little story. Yeah. There. yeah. And I should have, years later, I should have. I always hoped, you know, they had the reunions. Yeah. And I would always say to Pat Godbold, you know, because the players would come out on the on the pitch, wouldn't they? Around yes. the centre circle. And I'd always say, was Danny Hegan coming? Is Danny? No. No. I oh, think he ended up playing for Wolves. And I think oh, he settled yeah. in the Midlands. And, um, yeah, it was a great regret. I should have made an effort to maybe get in touch with him years later and mm. say, do you remember that? little lad at Ipswich <laughs> I was there but you never saw me oh no it's heartbreaking well look Rob before we go much further your team can we can we just have a little run through who you've announced up to now because I've, I've lost I've lost your yeah. three goalkeepers threw me at the start but you got down to one but well, I mean I went through, who, we up to, who have we gone through in the end I went for David Best right and David Best. Alan Hunter Kevin Beattie Franz Tyson Brian Hamilton Clive Woods, Paul Mariner, Marcus Stewart, Danny Hegan. And next, in this incredible front line, tell you what, there'll be goals. If nothing else, there'll be goals, Mike. Ray Crawford. Oh, goodness, similar, you know, goodness me. <laughs> obviously, similar era to, to Danny, you know, and David Best. Ray Crawford, again, a lovely guy. And thank God, you know, I've later got to, yeah. to meet Ray. He came on the show on Radio Suffolk. I've interviewed him on the pitch. And again, what an absolute lovely guy. You know, all about 
can remember all these games. Yeah. Such a goal scorer. You know, so many great memories back in the day. I can remember my dad taking me on the Blue Arrow train away to Derby County and we got seats. And I think that was a that was a ding-dong game. I remember being slightly bemused by the state of the baseball ground pitch, which seemed to have grass in the four corners and the rest was just earth. I, thought, well, I, can, I can see why they call it the baseball ground. I mean, I think they did intend playing baseball there didn't they but it was always such a horrible pitch wasn't it it was it was always base the baseball that's what that's part of the brian clough i always remember yeah. brian clough a, a baseball ground derby county brian clough and sand so yeah. that's, that's, that's how it exactly. was all the stands appeared to be painted green that's a vague memory i've got um but uh, yeah that was a ding-dong game and i think ray scored one if not two that day and we won three two and because we were sitting in a stand surrounded by derby fans and again there was me with my blue and white scarf i had this every time we scored i'd lift my scarf up and you know a lot of people do that but that was my thing as a kid and of course you know they've been making comments all game so to win that one was especially satisfying but yeah lovely to later get to chat to ray and what an absolute gent he is isn't he i mean Oh, he is, he is oh, completely. And I mean, and he, still does, he still does so much with, with radio and TV and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. I don't know how old he is now. It must be in his 80s, but I mean, he's still... Got to be. Well, he must be near. And, and he's still fantastically articulate and, and yeah. how he talks about the game. And of course, yeah. Ray and Ted Phillips, I mean, you know, we yeah. talk about striking partnerships. I mean, you know, just kind of only ever won the first division title once. And it was mainly thanks to those two top legends, you know, yeah. Ted obviously not with us anymore, sadly. And, and you know, Ray Crawford is a... Fantastic, fantastic yeah. choice. Brilliant guy. And every time he would see me at Portman Road, it would be, hello, Rob. Yeah, uh, Rob, yeah lovely, lovely. Right. One more in the team, and that's Trevor Weimark. Ah. My Trevor Weimark. Yeah. You know, another hugely underrated player, but mm. what a fantastic talent he was. Another down-to-earth guy, local guy, um, you know, would score right foot, left foot, headed goals all those european nights you know those those big names couldn't handle him yeah. and again that that west brom game where we won 7-0 paul mariner's home debut if you haven't ever looked at that i know you would have done mike yeah. but anyone watch some of those goals i mean there's a beautiful one too that uh, trevor weimark and paul mariner play and it ends in a goal down the north stand end and even a policeman you know, we used to have policemen walking around, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> around yeah. the, the edge of the pitch. Even the policeman stops to admire that one. Gives <laughs> that little clap. So, yeah, Trevor's got to be in there. I think I think I did meet Trevor on one of my Radio Suffolk shows back in the day. And, and again, you know, top fella. Skidmark, as I think Beat used to call him. That was, that was the nickname for him, Skidmark. Skid. Yeah. The thing with Trevor, Trevor was unlucky, was he? Because he missed out on the FA Cup final. Yeah, you know, and he and obviously that, and he obviously missed. He, he'd gone by the time UEFA team. He he just was that little era before. He was the one. He was the sort of guy deserved to, you know, in that seventy-five semi-final deserved yeah. it when we yeah. threw that. He just missed out on stuff. You know, our, our great. Exactly. Yeah, he was a big part of Robson's building process, wasn't he? You know, yeah. he, he yeah. sooner but but by seventy-eight, he, he was sort of on the periphery, really, and and yeah. Even though Margaret Thatcher thought he'd uh, provided yes, he played. the cross, of course, for the Roger Osborne goal. But, yeah, I'm going to put Trevor in there because so many great memories 
you know, back in the 70s of some great goals that he would score. So, yeah. You tell that story, Rob, about Margaret Thatcher. Because, again, people just picked up the end of that. What, what mm. happened there? Tell them the, the story about Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher would have been uh, Prime Minister. Was she Was she Prime Minister? Not quite. Or not she, quite. Or she, um, she was probably in the government, but not Prime Minister. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 78. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she was at uh, Wembley. And, of course, you know, according to the programme, Trevor Weimark was, was number 10. Yeah. Missed out through injury. 19-year-old David Geddes got in the side. Yeah. And, of course, went past, was it Rice? Was it Pat Rice or Sammy Nelson? He went past the Arsenal left-back, provided the cross. Willie Young uh, deflected it into Roger Osborne's path. Left foot, bottom corner, underneath um, Pat Jennings. Uh, and uh, yeah, we won. And I think Margaret Thatcher asked for a comment today. I thought the number 10, Trevor Weimark, did very well. well. Yes, yes. She, did. she thought Trevor Weimark, who's programmed in the cup final, was man of the matter. She, she felt he was the best player, but it was yes. David Geddes, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah brilliant, brilliant. So, so, well, so, so he's in as well. So that's your yeah, so go on then, Rob. Read that, read that 11 off again. Go on. We yeah. can hear, we, I can't hear it enough. <laughs> David Best, David Best. Alan Hunter, Kevin Beatty, the only two defenders in the team. <laughs> Franz Tyson, Brian Hamilton, Clive Woods, Paul Mariner, Marcus Stewart, Danny Hegan, Ray Crawford, Trevor Weimark, 60s, 70s, 80s, even through 90s and noughties. You know, all eras of my watching, my beloved blues, you know, covered there. Uh, manager, it's got to be Bobby. It's got to be Bobby Robson. I mean you know, after that dodgy start. And what the Cobbolds did proved to be a masterstroke. Bobby Robson, early days, town struggling, yeah. proud, paying for blood, wanted him out. The Cobbolds called him up to the boardroom. He thought for the sack. They apologised to him. I think even gave him a pay rise. And years later, when he was coveted by so many other teams, Barcelona, Everton, Sunderland, I'm sure he thought, well, I can't leave. After what John and Patrick did for me back in the early days, I can't now <laughs> say I'm going to leave. So, you know, we got all those extra years with the brilliant Bobby Robson at the helm. And, of course, when England came calling, then the Cobbles actually said, look, you know, Bobby, you've got to take this. You've got to do this. But, um, yeah, great guy. Got to meet him. Got his autograph. Uh, there was a sportsman's evening that I hosted, and Bobby was the star act. And he signed the menu for the evening. Still got it. Yeah. Still got it now. You were great, Rob. Bobby Robson. Yeah. I mean, that's a prized possession. Even though apparently I stole all these best stories. Because, <laughs> you know, I was talking about how he sold Brian Tolbert and got Franz Tyson and Arnold Muren and had change. Yeah. <laughs> and he was much, he's, he's stealing all my bloody stories. <laughs> Lovely guy. Got to interview him. You know, when he came back to Portman Road uh, with Newcastle and obviously I had the great honour of being on the mic the day that the stand was unveiled with yeah. his wife yeah. and his sons there. In fact, if you look at one of the posters at the back of the Sir Bobby Robson stand, I'm on it, Mike. I'm on it. Well. I'll I'll have I'll I'll have a look at that as I go past yeah. next season. I'll I'll glance up and find it. Which which one is it? What is it's a picture of the ones of Bobby? Is it in your? Oh, well. Yeah, it's it's the one where the stand is unveiled. Yeah, and we're on the pitch, 
And I think we played Newcastle that day, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. We got beat. And I'm, I was told to wear a suit and tie because the BBC would be covering it and I'd be on camera. So I duly obliged. And, yeah, if you look at that one, about halfway down, halfway along, I think, um, I'm on it. That's a wonderful treat. That's a, tre- that's a treat, Rob. That is being on one oh, of those yes, new posters. Thanks. And I have to look at it every time because I had a, our season tickets, my lovely lady and I had season tickets in the uh, top tier of Sir Bobby and every every home game. We had to just have a look at it. Of course. And, um, there you go. Fantastic. Now, have so, you got any, Rob, Rob, before we leave, have you got any substitutes? I mean, are, yeah. are you going to chuck any? You, you have. Excellent. Well, I, I mentioned Laurie. You we got Laurie Civil. And I'm going to include Terry Butcher, another guy that um, I was lucky enough to subsequently meet. Um, yeah, I mean, a great player. Ipswich yeah. through and through, still is. Great guy. Will always stop and chat. Um, I was playing for a Sunday morning team in Ipswich and I ended up top goal scorer and our manager just asked Terry Butcher if he would come along and present the trophies yeah of course I will so Chevalier Club on a Wednesday night you know perfect play drinks and top goal scorer Rob Chandler up I went Terry Butcher shaking the hand got my trophy and um, you know we thanked him for coming along and he said no it's my pleasure while I get asked to do this sort of thing I will always accept because there'll come a time when I won't be asked. Mm. Not asked, asked. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, another lovely guy. And thanks to him, um, I get my prescriptions free because I was chatting with him one, you know, just before a home game. (laughs) And because our birthdays are quite close. And I think we both turned 60. And I said to Terry, you know, uh, how do you feel turning 60? You and me both. He said, oh, yeah, it's not so bad. Free prescriptions. And I thought, oh, is it? <laughs> you forgot that. that. <laughs> I forgot about that bit. So free prescriptions. Thanks, Tell. But, uh, yeah, there you go, Mike. I hope you've enjoyed that. I know I have. I'll tell these stories all day long. So that's lovely brilliant. to share them again. And, and that's, that's my favourite 11 plus subs and manager. Brilliant. Do you know what, Rob? It's been lovely. And and a part of it, as I said, doing this feature is has just been people's stories. You know, yeah. but people know the players. But when people have little stories about them, well, that's even better. And people, I think, are getting into really enjoying chatting about the, the times. And it has been good. To, and we're hoping, as we said, Rob, we still go, me and you. You oh, know, God. we've been going since the Robson era, but we still go with the same passion of yeah. wanting Ipswich Town to do well. A little few thoughts about the season ahead, Rob, and, and, and Mr McKenna and, and all that you've seen. We've been crying out for this kind of football for years. And finally, we are being entertained and we're seeing attacking football. Lovely one-touch stuff. Movement off the ball. You know, pass and move. It's what we've been crying out for. Kieran has brought that. We've got some great players, great owners. Mark is doing a great job. It's a pleasure to be a fan. I've renewed my season ticket. I'm I'm moving. I'm in the Magnus stand this this time around in the comfy seats. Oh. So perfect view. Uh, you'll be there or thereabouts, Mike. You'll probably be behind me, won't you? Yes, press we will box. be behind. Yes, be in the press yeah. box. Yes, I'll be in there. I'll come and say hello. You, we're welcome to pop up. There's about another hundred stairs to go up. I mean, you've yes. got hundreds to go, and you have another hundred, and you just about get there. But you're welcome to join exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. Now I'm really looking forward to. It. As I say, I really enjoyed some of our football, a, a lot of our football, and many of the games season just gone. So hopefully this coming season is the one you know where we're top two 
top three, certainly top six. And I've got every faith that Kieran and the team will make that happen. And finally, Rob, before you go, I mean, the crowds just keep coming. It's fantastic. I mean, the beauty, uh, yeah. we went to a stage, didn't we? Where I mean, I remember the stage back in the, I don't know, it was late 90s or something. There's like 8,000 there for some oh. league games. We, before George got us up and running again, we were we, yeah. the, literally, I mean, there were 8,000 people there for league games. Here we are now, and that's a league above us. <laughs> now we're the league yeah. below 24. I mean, the town fans have been fantastic. The atmosphere, we are so lucky to have the fans that we, or the club is very lucky to have the fans they do, aren't they? But it yeah. just shows yeah well it just it just goes to show if by any chance or should i say when we get back to the premier league i mean it's going to be buzzing you know locked doors mm. sellouts week in week out isn't it? it the town fans are fantastic mm. you know when they've got something to support and get behind they will you know and those bleak times with the 12 13 000, you know I, quite frankly if I hadn't been doing the job I was doing, I don't think I'd have bothered for, yeah. for a lot of those, Mike, if I'm being perfectly honest, because the football was dire, wasn't it? Under, you know, well, Never. Yeah. I mean, the, thing, the thing about it is, Rob, is, as, you, as you say, the thing about it is, you can go back to your history, but we watched a lot, Bobby Robson, and, and you know, we watched a lot of good football for Robson, mm. and, and then Joe Royal was exciting, yeah, Burley yeah. into Joe George. Royal. Yeah. George, uh, George, and then but Joe, there's, there's been and Jim, Jim and Jill's yeah. team's always exciting. Yeah. So there's been no excuse for some of the poor football we've seen, not really. And and no. now we've got, we're, but now we've got it back, and we know what it what good football looks like. So yeah. very positive stuff, Rob. Yeah, I want to thank you very, I want to thank you very much for joining me. It's Rob. a pleasure. It's been, Thanks, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure. I always look forward to listening to you on the radio, Rob. Your little shout outs for Ipswich Town and Ipswich Witches, always wonderful. A bit of loyalty to the town, fantastic. Oh, absolutely, that. yeah. I'm I'm on again in an hour and a half. Yeah, one o'clock. I better let you go because you've got so much planning to do, a good man. And um, Rob, thank you ever so much for your time. Do appreciate it. Cheers, Mike. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.